Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello and welcome to another episode of EverAg Podcast. I'm Lori Nelson and joining me today is Kristen Steen. Thanks for joining me, Kristen. Thank you, Lori. You're very welcome. Today is Thursday, April 29th, 2021. And today's episode, we're going to be discussing uh, opportunities in this market and just how we would uh, manage risk. So Kristen, what's going on in your back door today? You know, there's quite a bit of planting going on where I sit here in eastern Iowa. Um, From what I understand, the northwestern half of the Corn Belt uh, has been dry for quite some time here, which has been awesome for being able to get the crop in the ground. Uh, And also, from what I understand, the farther south you go and the farther east you go, uh, they've been getting some really decent rains, but has also paused planting for the time being. So, uh, out our backyard, as my son likes to say, the, the ground is ready for planting and guys are going. Hearing quite a bit of guys already talk about uh, finishing up, getting stuff in the ground as well. So it'll be really fun to see what that planting progress report brings out uh, the next go around and, and where they say the national average is at. Uh, yeah, I, I took a look at this, the uh, drought monitor update here today. And we're seeing the, that Midwest, the I states, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, coming in with a little bit more color on the map. And where I sit uh, here in central Missouri is we could uh, we could stand to have the the uh, rain drop off and get a little drier so we can get uh, planting to to progress in our area. Sure. So um, what do you think? What are you seeing in the markets this week? So this week and last week have been exciting markets, especially in those nearby months, but just from a spread trading as well in both, in all green sectors, right? We watched uh, as May corn is coming off of the uh, off of the Chicago board here at the end of this week. It's provided quite a bit of volatility, and I think a lot of that volatility comes from two things. One is the U.S. demand. And the second is South American weather. And we'll kind of get into both, but specifically on the U.S. demand, what we're seeing there is all the exports that got bought throughout this past year, right? Uh, uh, The the word that I use is just gigantic, right? More exports than we've seen ever in history on corn. And a lot of that time of shipment of when it was supposed to go on the boat and down the river was in this April, May timeframe, right? That river open area. And what we're experiencing right now is buyers are just having a really hard time getting their hands on the corn. Either the bushels already got sold or weren't produced and any bushels that are sitting on farm right now, likely guys are really bold up in this instance and are, are really struggling to even come close to letting those bushels go. And so what we first saw was basis started to increase. Right. When that didn't get the bushels bought, we saw the difference between May and July really start to widen in the inverse. Right. Or that inverse get deeper and deeper. And we've continued to see that. But quite frankly, that hasn't gotten the job done either. And so that's where we really stepped in and saw the May board take off the last two weeks to the tune of. I mean, we started last week, uh, April 23rd. At, with futures at 584, and we closed here today of May futures sitting in that 706. 
And those are just tremendous rallies from that standpoint and something that we really want to keep our eye on going into things because as we also start to switch over into that July futures month, uh, the inverses are super heavy. So from a buyer standpoint, it's basically the buyer saying, I want your corn now and I'm willing to pay 44 cents more for it now that I am in the future, right? And that should really waken guys up. Because they have to understand what the risk is going into holding their corn from not delivering this month going into next month. You're saying basically, I, I, I'm willing to take a discount on that crop, right? 54 cents in this case, right? Of where we closed today. I'm willing to take that huge dip because I think markets will keep on rising. And so what we really want to be cognizant of from a seller perspective of that grain is what happens when demand starts to ration or what happens if, like you mentioned the drought earlier, what happens if the Western half of the corn belt uh, starts to get timely rains? What happens if we all of a sudden add 5 million acres to the March planting intentions report when it comes to corn? What does that mean to our risk? And I'm, I'm willing to lay everything on the line, right? Or am I willing to say, one bird in hand, one bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, right? Grab that money because they're telling you to to sell it now. Do what the market asks you to, right? On the on the buyer side, you know, it's one of those things that there's quite a bit of risk from that standpoint as well. What happens if we do continue to if that that drought monitor continues to spread past the western half of the corn belt and really into the eastern side? And so there's the, the flip side of it, that we want to make sure both ends are cov- covered, whether you're the buyer or the seller. Uh, we've, so that, that explains a little bit of what this rally has been going on. But the other part of that that I mentioned was the supply side from a South American perspective. Right now, they're going into harvest season. Uh, they're a little bit late on that. And, and quite frankly, they've been dry, right? That's where the main this La Nina weather pattern that we've been in, that's who has been affected the most is that South American safrina uh, corn production. And so all eyes are on them and trying to see what the true, uh, what the true end results end up being when it comes to yield and total production there. So keep those things in mind as, as we start going into the new trading month of July. Yeah. Um, so you know, you're telling me that old crop, if uh, producers have any, that'd be a great opportunity to be selling this and not sitting on it. How about new crop? Um, opportunities there, new crop, we're seeing levels that uh, we haven't seen since 2012. And we all know what happened in 2012. And I mean, should I just be sitting on my hands here? Or what's my opportunities there? What's my risk? Should we dissect that a little bit? That's a it's a wonderful question because when we look at what a, what it costs a producer to put this in, this year's crop in the ground compared to the 546 futures that we're currently trading that is some tremendous profit margin and you can't go broke making money right and so what we're encouraging guys to do is take those little baby steps right sell a little bit here place your next target in Probably that 580 area is a spot that you're going to see quite a bit of resistance on new crop, right? We're at levels that even back in 2012, when the crop was going in the ground, I mean, we're nearing those, we're right at those levels, I should say. And in 2012, we saw 97 million acres get planted. 
And right now our projected planted acres is at 91 million acres. Lori, when you and I were out on the road a couple of weeks ago, we saw pasture ground getting tilled up. They get put into production, corn production. I think uh, the comment is everybody's garden is going to get planted, the corner beans. And so I think that's just, yeah, going to show us a massive amount of crop that in that June report we're going to see come at us and some opportunities here till then. I appreciate the reminder that I need to go out this, there this afternoon so my husband doesn't try to plant our garden in that either, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, right? So think about the risk from that mindset. Does What types of demand start to get rationed? As we start to near those $7 areas, what, I mean, we've talked to cattle producers and we saw them for ourselves tilling up pasture land to put into corn production. Well, those cows are going somewhere and we're seeing them, you know, they're, we're seeing them get shipped out. And so that'll take away our feed demand. We're seeing, uh, we're hearing talks around what, what levels would start to incur ethanol rationing or cutting back what that looks like or what their their crush looks like from that standpoint. So those are all things to keep in the back of your mind as you're trying to assess what type of risk your farm can withhold. And it never hurts to sell five or 10% increments on the way up. The thing that we don't want to see happen is you're trying to catch a chainsaw as the market's falling down, right? As it's falling. Yeah. It's it's a lot easier to sell little levels and have a really awesome average having those base hits on the way higher than trying to hit the home run and you throw your back out while trying to do it, right? Sure, sure. and I think you'd probably add just on unpriced bushels of uh, getting price protection with, with puts. Just we look at the levels here of being really nice levels to protect above our crop insurance levels to make sure we've got put coverage on unpriced bushels. Absolutely. I mean, you look at a, a 530 corn put running about 48 cents right now, and that gives you a tremendous net futures guarantee with unlimited upside yet to speak, right? The market goes to $8 like everybody's preaching right now. You get to capture that. Oh, so, that sounds like some sleep easy medicine. <laughs> exactly. Puts are peace for a seller. Good. And, and speaking of puts for those buyers as well, that, you know, if you really need to get the physical butchels bought right now, don't be afraid to step in and have the put should this thing fall back. So that way you have that price participation as it does so as well. Cool. Cool. Anything else you want to add on corn today, Kristen? You know, I, I guess, you know, down in Missouri where you're at, you said it's raining down there, but but things are dusty up here. And it, it just goes to the old saying of planting the dust in your bins of bus. So that's what we're really hoping on. And, and at level price levels that we're at right now, I can see some big dollar signs um, coming our way. So don't be afraid to, to grab onto it and run. Super, super great advice. Um, you want to talk about beans a little bit. We've got some tight supplies on beans, and uh, ooh, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think about this bean bean crop and bean pricing? Yeah, absolutely. So the beans, I'm a little bit more worried about even than the corn story on the nearby situation, right? Because a majority of our beans went out during uh, during that river close time frame, right? The harvest to river close. And so the main opportunities for a producer on old crop seems to be around those crush markets. And I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic what that looks like for guys, but we've seen beans just kind of follow corn. And so if we really start feeling top heavy on the corn side, look out for the beans as well. 
The other thing to keep in mark, uh, keep in mind is to look at that soybean oil market. And we're reaching levels that we haven't touched since 2008. And that was the only other time that we touched them. So when we look at it from a risk management standpoint, the risk is all of a sudden if that oil market falls back because we start really rationing it and finding other alternatives other than soybean oil, what does that mean to our crush margin? Because meal is high, but it's not in relation to oil, it's not there. So what do the crushers start to do in response? And so that's the thing that we really want to keep in mind on this old crop for beans that really need to get taken out of the bin and and processed before we get in or before we try to make room for the fall needs. And so, I mean, make sure you're keeping your eye on that. I've heard a lot of crazy basis numbers thrown out there. And while I think we can be participants of them, I want to make sure that we're not just trying to swing for the fence as well and missing it because of what that oil market does in the future. So keep eyes on that. Um, And the other thing to keep in mind is extended maintenance can happen pretty quickly in the summer. So don't be surprised if your if your crush facilities all of a sudden take it sudden take a month long maintenance break and and that's another version of what we call demand rationing as well. Sure, sure. Um, so be a participant. Don't be asleep here at these market levels with old crop. And uh, what do you think about new crop? Absolutely. So new crop, I think it, the big story comes when we try to get a handle on what our weather does as well. Uh, there's been a lot of comments and a lot of questions around, you know, at current acres and a trend line yield. And if de- if demand stays the same, we could see negative carryouts. Well, in theory, yes, at those levels, but they're all big if statements, right? In theory, we can uh, we have a negative carryout, but really, in fact, that that just that can't happen because you're you're going to either stop exporting when you don't have beans, right? There's nothing to export there, and and then there's the import side of it. So the big thing to look out for on beans is what that demand rationing looks like there. Um, quite frankly, we're just short on beans. We have been, and so there's going to be extra volatility as we start to get into that weather type of market. But that doesn't usually come into play until we get into that late July and into August time frame. So don't be surprised if we see beans kind of chill out or continue to follow corn until we know more around what the weather looks like that way. Which, as we're talking weather, I want to make sure that we're not, I mean, I know a lot of guys in my area are talking drought more than anything because they're seeing such dry weather compared to what they're used to this time of the year. Um, You know, there are weather models out there that are really watching that El Nino, La Nina weather pattern. And right now it's shaping up that it looks like this summer could look more normal than abnormal. And so just keep that in mind from a risk perspective. Obviously, it takes... Uh, it takes many months to create a drought and it takes one rain to, uh, to, to really fix that problem or, you know, a, a drought can just continue to extend. So make sure that you're not banking your, your money on a, on a weekend rain as to whether or not we're actually going to have an awesome year or from an income standpoint versus a, a really a downer year from that standpoint. Sure. So the El Nina, La Nina is sitting pretty neutral, not really giving a, a direction of indicator of which it's going to be. And um, you brought up you brought up a good point. Uh, many times during the summer, you you head out for the weekend, and a rain comes in, and 
we've got a downslide, a pretty big downslide in the markets, which uh, we want to make sure we're protecting against. So um, just a, a little tidbit of what would you do for a farmer now? Uh, they're busy planting. Their mind is geared other places of getting the, the crop planted. So what would be just a, a quick snip of, of what a farmer should be doing right now? Absolutely. Uh, great question. I think one of the best things a guy can do for himself is to throw an offer out there. And it might it might seem like a far shot right now, but all of a sudden you get into the planter and the corn has a, or the market has a couple of really crazy days and boom, the offers filled. And that can be the best thing that happens for you. So between placing offers, again, 580 on corn, just shy of that $14 number on, on new crop soybeans is a really, really good, solid, profitable and technical areas to be selling and, and just protect that risk. Right. From a, a selling standpoint, make sure you either are selling and buying calls or or having puts on unsold bushels, because then you really can't go wrong. You get a sleep. You have that sleep easy medication that allows you to look at your operation and say, right, whether the market goes up or down, I have my floor covered and I'm going to participate in this thing if it if it starts going higher. So, um, you know, it goes back to a couple of weeks ago when we were on on this podcast is just reminding guys not to be asleep and just have have offers out there that is willing to reward the market as it gives it to us. That uh, sounds like a good discipline approach into this market and giving some guys some structure to their marketing plan. So anything else you want to add today, Kristen? You know, last time he just hit the nail on the head when he said, don't be asleep. And this is another one of those times when we get into uh, dollar moves in a corn market, you just don't want to make, you want to make sure that you're not missing out on those opportunities. And they are here. They are present. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. And well, that does it for another episode of EverAg Podcast. Have a good week, everyone. Take care.